so you remember how we were talking about the Tetris thing last time, right? Yeah. So the Tetris effect, also known as Tetris syndrome, occurs when people devote so much time and attention to an activity that it begins to pattern their thoughts, mental images, and dreams. Obviously, it takes its name from the video game Tetris. People who played Tetris for a prolonged amount of time can find themselves thinking about ways different shapes in the real world can fit together, such as the boxes on a supermarket shelf or the buildings on a street. They may see colored images of pieces falling into place on an invisible layout at the edges of their visual fields or when they close their eyes. They may see such colored moving images when they are falling asleep, a form of hypnagogic imagery. Those experiencing the effect may feel they are unable to prevent the thoughts, images, or dreams from happening. A more comprehensive understanding of the lingering effects of playing video games has been investigated empirically as game transfer phenomenon. Have you ex- experienced that, Johnny? No. <laughs> All right, go for it. Hold on, looking up game transfer phenomenon. I've never heard of this. A series of empirical studies with over 6,000 gamers has been conducted since 2010 into game transfer phenomena. A broadening of the Tetris effect concept coined by Angelica B. Ortiz de Gortari in her thesis. Okay. GTP is not limited to altered visual perceptions or mental processes, but also includes auditory, tactile, and kinesthetic sensory perceptions, sensations of unreality, and automatic behaviors with video game content. GTP establishes the differences between endogenous, or seeing images with closed eyes, hearing music in the head, and exogenous phenomenon, seeing power bars above people's head, hearing hearing sounds coming from objects associated with the video game, and between involuntary, saying something involuntarily with video game content, and voluntary behaviors, using slang from video game for amusement. Hmm. So that's like, you're like hardcore into gaming, and then like, Gaming like transcends. Wait, what is a using slang for it? What it says, involuntary behaviors, e.g., like you know, ergo, I forget what that means, but it's like it's like example basically saying using slang from video games for amusement. So, taking phrases that? that's we do that shit all the time, all day long. Well, what's an example you can think of? What's something from a video game that like there's like phrases like I remember like when I was into Call of Duty a lot when I was younger. Like your brother Josie and like Brian, I would make the, I would make a COD reference where like as as um, on your feet, like we are leaving. That was like one of the phrases from Call of Duty. Or another one would say we are Oscar Mike, which is like military jargon for like okay. on the move, because you know how they use like the phonetic alphabet in military. Yeah. So we say Oscar Mike, like we're on the move. That was like that was like a thing when that game came out. Modern Warfare Two came out. Like that was like a phrase people would say for like about a year. So it's stuff like that, but I don't think that sounds. Game transfer phenomenon. Like, I never heard of the. Like, I've heard of the Tetris effect before today, but game transfer. The seeing health so, bars above people's head to me is wild. Is that part of game transfer? Yes. Oh shit. You do that? No. no. Oh, <laughs> why'd you say it like that? Like, uh, uh-uh, like you're in trouble. No, I thought it was something else. Uh, but the like saying language of video games, that's so commonplace. It's like the same. No, thing we saying with... something involuntarily. Oh. Like you don't mean to use it. It's just like it's seeped into you, like your lexicon, like every day kind of thing, without trying. I find that interesting. The part I do get sometimes is hearing sounds coming from objects associated with the video game. There's, I think I told you that one time where I played Pokemon, like one of the Pokemon games for like twelve hours straight, mm-hmm. and then when I would go to sleep, I could still hear like the like the music from like the pokemon center in my head like after it turned off i could still hear like the prompts the thing 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 like the 
the little sound effects, I, I still heard them like as I was going to sleep that night. I think for me this is only relevant when I'm too close to sleep and I see it at night, you know? Okay. Like I'm trying to fall asleep and then I have insomnia. And then I start repeat, repeating like combo moves or just different movesets uh-huh. over and over. And it's exhausting, mentally exhausting. But sometimes during daytime, it'll be like I have to fix one of the tiles on the roof. And yeah, how many of us doesn't do that where you like gamify something, some aspect of your life? No, just I'm not just gamifying. For like your it, amusement. It suddenly pops up like instead of my brain, instead of going like I need the ladder, it's like I'm putting down a mat from Fortnite. Like all of a sudden, I'm, it'd be like, it'd be really useful if, oh, fuck, what the fuck am I doing? You know, uh-huh. mentally, I'm just like creating the combination of, of the control right. in my head. Like, yeah, I, I could use a mat, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think we were talking about this before we even started the pod. We were talking about how you were fixing your car, right? And, mm-hmm. like, I asked you, like, oh, like, because in my head, like, when I have chores to do in a day, like, in my head, I kind of picture them like a heads-up display <laughs> where it's, like, I, like each one has, like, a bullet point next to them. And then, like, as I cross them out, they just fade off the screen. It's weird, but that's, like, something I do in my head just for, like, just because it's, like, funny to I me. I do it all the time, but the thing is that's voluntary. Right. I but do the, it no But there's moments in life where I'm, like, very much into a game. And my brain is involuntarily creating, like, I need this tool. And the tool doesn't even exist, you know? <laughs> okay. It's like, I wish I could just automatically just bang, 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 bam, like yeah. rap. Or a lot of times in life where I'm like, undo, you know? Like, if I'm pressing undo to delete a, a thing I did. Oh, that doesn't work. Like, I drop a cup and I'm like, undo. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, I, this happened to me a lot when I used to play Guitar Hero a lot. Not anymore, obviously. But when I used to play Guitar Hero a lot... If I finished a song and I looked directly to the wall next to it, mm-hmm. like the wall would like warp, kind of, because I would see like because it's you know I think I've had that when yeah. you play guitar here, like the bottom of the screen's automatically scrolling up all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. it's constantly scrolling up or no, it scrolls towards you. I'm sorry, it scrolls towards you from uh-huh. the top down the center, and so like when I play a lot of rock band or guitar hero, I would look at a wall or something and like the it would look distorted, like it's like kind of like moving. It's like those optical illusions where you stare at a dot. And then you look somewhere else and you see the dot, like a green dot or something like that. All right, yeah. It's kind of like that, where as soon as you finish playing a Guitar Hero song, look immediately anywhere else and you'll see like stuff kind of like contorting, like as it like scrolls upward, kind of. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But like the game transfer stuff, where like it's like you're so into the game that like it's like almost like Inception, where like it leaks into your real life, like not accidentally, no, on purpose sometimes, like because it makes things more interesting for me. We're like, complete you know i have like four tasks or four objectives of cleaning and it's like i just in my head like virtually or digitally however you want to say it just like mentally check them off and like okay like i'm done with like the task but the game the second one you mentioned is an extension of the first phenomenon right the rock band guitar hero stuff is an extension of the tetris effect yeah but then you said a secondary a, a secondary like a second phase to tetris effect a second phase to Tetris? Yeah, you mentioned it in, in the article. Uh, like the cross... Uh, oh, I'm talking about game transfer phenomena? Yes, yes. That's, yeah, it's literally what I'm just talking about right now. Like yeah, the health bars. the extension to the Tetris effect. Yeah, it's, it says here it's a broadening of the Tetris effect concept. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of like taking it to the... the ne- it's like further expanding outside of just Tetris stuff. Like other games, you can do it too. So when you get that, do you feel like... 
I need to stop or like I really love this game. I need to keep going. I kind of just ignore it. I'm kind of just like, oh, it's just something like because sometimes I think about like you know how in video games like characters have idle animations. You know what idle animation is, right? What do you mean? An idle animation is when you're not moving the character. They kind of just do stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Crash will sometimes do this thing where he kind of looks around and stuff, or like Mm -hmm. does like if you leave the control alone enough, sometimes the character will do something interesting. Mm Like, have you ever thought, like, if you were a video game character, like, what your idle animation would be like for you? Like, what would Johnny do when he's just connecting around waiting uh, for I'm stuff? I'm not sure what I would do. I imagine you'd probably, like, pull out your phone, look at it, put it away, and just, Yeah, like, start, uh, pop out of the screen, start Like, gaming. just stuff you do passively while you're waiting to, like, do something, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's an idle animation, so. Sometimes there is things like that that seep into, like, my real life, like, I, but it's not like it affects me, it's more like I just think about it because I have nothing else to do at that moment. Hmm. So... Anyways, I just thought we would just kind of talk about that because we were talking about your car earlier, how you were, uh, you see your car comp- like being ready as like a percentage symbol, right? Or like a Yeah, it's where it's like, oh, it's 90%. It's like you need 10 more percent to like for your car to be ready for you to use again. Yeah. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the DualSense podcast. I am your host, as always, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert. The self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count. The unnecessary one, Johnny. What's up, guys? I thought you were going to say something clever, Johnny, because you are like scratching your chin. Like, yes, like, indeed. Kind oh, of. I'm just thinking about the stories. We got a few too many stories, but we'll try to cut through them. Quick. Never too much, never too much. You ever heard that song? Yes. There's never too many stories, Johnny. Actually, that's not true. Yeah, there is, <laughs> yeah, there is sometimes too many stories. Uh, I have to go buy groceries after this, so I'm trying not to take too long. But we have one, two, three, four, five stories. We had more. We had like seven, but we had to cut some and like combine another one. So let's get started with our first one. Uh, this comes from Kotaku, written by Isaiah Colbert. Capcom plans to make PC its main platform. That could be concerning, Johnny. Capcom widely known as one of the most prominent developers of third-party console games dating as far back as the NES, appears poised to shift its focus. The company has noticed its ever-growing PC gaming audience and global sales numbers and is planning on making the PC its, quote, main platform, end quote. In an interview with the Tokyo-based newspaper Nikkei, Capcom's chief operating officer Haruhiro Tsuchimoto said the company aims to increase its PC software sales to the point where the platform will make up half of its global sales by the end of 2022. This pivot toward PC comes off of the increased digital sales Capcom games have experienced on the platform, as well as a rise in PC gaming overall in Japan during the pandemic, according to Video Games Chronicle. We will expand our business for dedicated game consoles, which has been the mainstream up to now. But PC will be the mainstream in the future, Tsujimoto told Nikkei. Next year or the year after, we want to equalize the ratio of sales to PCs and dedicated consoles. Capcom's decision to pour more energy into PC development makes sense considering that in 2019, Monster Hunter World's second largest audience was on PC. And Resident Evil Village set a franchise record for concurrent players on Steam with 101,000 players on its debut, according to VGC. Uh, We're going to leave it there, Johnny. Um, This kind of makes sense to me in a way. Uh, I I mean, the article cited how PC is a growing market. Mm -hmm. Um, With the pandemics, when the pandemic started, like a lot of people, for example, if you were somebody who like played handhelds when you traveled, 
all of a sudden you weren't doing as much traveling, right? So you probably focused on like PC gaming where it's like static, right? It's always going to be like at a desk or wherever it is you play games in your home. Like PC is, in some ways it's getting cheaper. I know GPUs are still super crazy expensive because of all like the mining and crypto stuff. But like aside from that, like the the cost of PC components has kind of dropped in the last few years and it's kind of easy now to just buy either a, a pre-built gaming PC mm-hmm. or to kind of just cobble parts together and make up your own uh, rig, your PC gaming rig. Uh, and I'm also, I'm thinking of this also, like we have like what, we have the, the Steam Deck coming around like at the start of next year, right? Mm-hmm. So like PC libraries will be like mobile. You'll be able to play your games, your PC games, Steam and stuff on hand, on a literal handheld. Yeah. So the gap in terms of like the cost of what it because it used to be that if you wanted to get to PC gaming, it's like oh, it's like all these parts and the cost is so much and you have to constantly upgrade PCs. And now it's kind of gotten easier over the years. Now where you have like pre-built rigs, you also have like the Steam Deck. You have like other ways of also like if you have like a tablet. There's like making a PC gaming rig is the barrier to entry is so much lower now. It kind of makes sense that like more people would go to like I'm thinking about going to PC. I wanna I'm actually thinking of buying like a pre-made rig from one of like Brian's friends who's like from leftover parts. He has like because he's like upgraded throughout the years, but he has like a secondary rig that's actually still like not competitive. I'm sorry, but it's like viable still today because it's like really good parts and stuff. He just he just went for the most expensive stuff though. That's why so he has like leftover parts and stuff for a full PC. So I'm kind of thinking of I want I kind of want to go to PC too. Jay. I want to migrate to PC also because there's like certain games that only come out on PC. So um, what's your, what's your take on this? Do you have a take on this? What do you think about Capcom focusing more on PC? Do you think it's a little short sighted? Do you think it makes sense? I don't see it as a bad thing. Really, I can't I can't think of a reason why it's a bad thing except the games are probably just going to be on PC before their own console, right? I'm just thinking I'm I'm hoping that just focusing on PC doesn't mean like other games that won't come out on like other platforms like you're thinking they won't i'm hoping it's not they're gonna make pc exclusive games no i don't think they'll do that i'm hoping not but i think that i think what it could be is because a lot of a lot of third-party studios when they make games pc is usually like a month or so behind right Mm -hmm. like they'll come out a console and then you'll see it on pc maybe like up to like half a year later or something right yeah if that flips i'm okay with it just wait a little bit i wait for all my games right yeah for the most part that's true i'm not really worried about it yeah, um, and they'll also get the a lot of the kinks out before it comes to console. True. And also, if we wait a little bit longer and they start putting DLC into into the PC version, we're more likely to get those. D- oh, DLCs the more comprehensive. A, yeah, yeah, as collection. a complete package and all that. Right. So I'm okay with that. If it's there for a year, yeah, I don't want to wait. But I also tend to buy products that are complete. You know. The so-called like. Uh game of the year edition or the game of the year completed edition all that stuff the comprehensive or like whatever special bundle yeah you're right you're right it doesn't seem like a big deal but i thought it was like worth talking about just because it was kind of like that's not really the that's usually not how it goes for like third-party publishers to all of a sudden just focus on pc usually it's like the other way around it's like we want to spread to consoles or something but we have seen like playstation now right they're playing fair with like they're playing nice with PC platforms where like they're putting more games on Steam and stuff. So it seems like it honestly what it, to me what it seems like is all the gaming 
like Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation, PC, like they're all kind of merging. It's like it's all like the barriers are breaking down. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if there was an angle between because you know Microsoft has been trying to buy Capcom. I don't think they can because of the laws or something like that. There's been a lot of rumors and speculation that they would or something like that. Yeah, so does that mean that maybe Capcom becomes a little bit exclusive to Game Pass and then because of Game Pass they're able to put it on PC and then the rest of the consoles more You're talking about like like it's like a, a much more direct like from beginning to end kind I don't of. know I was trying to see if there was a connection I, I don't know if there is I don't think there necessarily is but I could see why you would think that um, you're talking about like kind of like the from start to end like the funnel right yeah straight to PC I could see that I don't think that's necessarily true, um, but I could see why you might you might think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like how it seems like the barriers in terms of like what's available, like people can now play more games on their choice of platform, and like the FOMO isn't that bad in terms of like oh I wish I could play this, but it's not on this console or whatever. So, because I know there's some people who wanted to play. There's some people who are holding out on Monster Hunter Rise, hoping it would get a PC port. Mm-hmm. And then that guy TGS just recently announced, like, oh yeah, it's coming in January to PC. So people are like, oh, like, oh, thank God. Because, like, oh, like, like Monster Hunter Rise is the kind of game you don't want to play on Switch because it's kind of limited by, like, graphically. Yeah. But on PC, you can just, like, put texture mods or you can, like, make it look really, really good. So some people were like, oh, like, I really want to play Monster Hunter Rise, but I don't want to play it on, like, the, you know, that's inferior, but on a small screen, like a Switch screen. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, players now have way, have way more options in terms of, like, where you want to play, how you want to play. It's just more accessible now, I think, for everybody. So that's that's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. Um, moving on, Johnny, moving on. We have in the next story. This one comes from Polygon, written by Michael McWhorter. New Twisted Metal game reportedly in development for PlayStation. I think you were kind of interested in this one a lot. A new Twisted Metal game is in early development at Destruction All-Stars Lucid Games, according to a report from VGC. That's Video Game Chronicle. It would be the first new Twisted Metal game in a decade in attempt to reboot the series under the name Twisted Metal. So it's just it's just Twisted Metal, nothing special. Uh, was released in tw- 2012 on PlayStation 3. VGC's reported report indicates a free-to-play model for the new Twisted Metal which has not been officially announced by Sony Interactive Entertainment, but was previously rumored to be in the works. Lucid Games was founded in 2011 by former employees of Bizarre Creations, a former Activision-owned studio known for the Project Gotham Racing Games, The Club, and Blur. Lucid's most recent games, Switchblade and Destruction All-Stars, the latter came to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation Plus in February, are all about vehicular combat Making the studio a natural fit for Twisted Metal. Do you remember, Johnny, when we first saw this and we were like, why don't they just make this a Twisted Metal game? Everybody said that. True. You're right. You're right. A lot of people said that, like, if you're making vehicular combat, Uh why not just slap on the Twisted Metal skin? Yeah, because they own the rights to it. So I was like... And I guess they must have listened to everybody because it seems like that's what they're going for, finally. Uh, Twisted Metal's revival aligns with Sony's PlayStation Productions arm developing a TV series... Based on the car combat franchise. This is the... Oh, yeah, it does. It mentions right there. Uh, the series will follow a character named John Doe, played by the new Captain America, Anthony Mackie, who's hired to carry a package across a post-apocalyptic wasteland and will team up with a car thief to deliver the goods. The duo will reportedly run into obstacles on their journey, including Twisted Metal's clown-faced ice cream truck driving mascot, Sweet Tooth. 
The Twisted Metal franchise began on the original PlayStation 1995, leading to seven sequels and spin-offs. And that's the end of the article. Uh, so was it verified or not? It's according to a report from VGC. VGC is pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, there's nothing confirmed. This is like a report. The show, the, the, the Twisted Metal show is confirmed. That's a real Oh, thing. yeah, for sure. But the thing is, we've been talking about this Twisted Metal rumor for uh, almost like two years, right? So More or less. You don't think this was already in development for some time? Oh, for sure. I'm sure it probably started when, by the by the time that, uh, we call it, free, uh, Destruction All-Stars came out. I'm sure it was already like in development in po- sure. pre-production or something yeah because I, I man i don't want to wait for this game for like four another four or five years right so they probably have this in in development for some time already i imagine so i don't think it's like a new thing i'm sure it's but i think it's cool like i haven't played destruction all i mean yeah destruction all stars but from what i hear the mechanics are solid right aesthetically it looks good it's just that they were complaining about the gameplay loop there wasn't much to the right. to that cycle. That's I heard that and the, the, the art style was a little too cutesy. I heard some people say. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm totally fine with this. John, are you, do you consider yourself a big Twisted Metal fan? Uh, yeah, for sure. I love Twisted Metal. I remember I you. Ha- I remember you had either the first or second one on PS One. Do you remember that? I think it I was had... like one of the earliest games you guys bought. Yeah, on PS One for sure. Mm-hmm. And then what I also had was Vigilante Eight. Which I like more than Twisted Metal. Uh, the character selection was just more interesting than Vigilante 8. And I think they had a big emphasis on like aliens. So of course I was on board. Uh, the mechanics were, I think, were also better. And the maps, like everything overall. But uh, I'm fine with either one. Twisted Metal, Vigilante 8. I just want to see this genre come back. What do you f- okay, I was wondering, I'm like, why? what's Vigilante 8 have to do? Okay, you said the genre. Like, okay, I see it now. Uh, what do you think about the show? Do you think the show sounds promising? Anything with Anthony Mackie, I'm kind of like I like Anthony inclined Mackie. I just, to watch. I just don't feel like he's the right person for it. Why not? I don't know. It's uh, just like looking at his films, what he's created. It, this is like very. If it was just a twisted metal show, I'd probably be like whatever. But the fact that it has Anthony Mackie kind of has me like that's like piqued my interest. Like, huh? Who's okay. making it? Uh, it doesn't say who. Huh. Wait, does it? I'm interested for sure. It's just I'm not sure if Mackie is the right guy. Oh, for this. Sony Sony's PlayStation Productions arm is developing it, so it's internally being uh, made. The show is being internally made from. I'm guessing Sony, right? Or or PlayStation's Productions arm. It says. So, interesting Who stuff. Who do you think uh, could have played this? Who could have done the role for this? Are you talking about for Sweet Tooth or who? Instead of Mackie. I don't know, because it's a new character. It's called John Doe. It's just like, they. it sounds like they just made an original character for the show. You think maybe a Ryan Reynolds would have been right? No, he's too, it's like, too oversaturated. Good. Yeah, yeah. He's in right. too many things. It's It would have, like, a very... It would have to be, like, very funny, like, the tone. And I think maybe probably, uh, Norman Reedus? Yeah, that right. could work. That could work. For post... Well, he already does... Because we already associate with the post-apocalyptic stuff with uh, freaking Walking Dead. That's why. Mm-hmm. But I can see that kind of working, I guess. Uh, I'm not a big, I'm not a big twisted metal fan, but I mean, for anybody who's like a fan of that, like this is big news, I guess. Um, if it's news at all, I mean, it's still kind of a rumor, but I mean, I imagine that that new twisted metal is gonna look dope on PS5. I can imagine like uh, particle effects and destruction, destructibility. Well, destruction All Stars already looks pretty good. 
Yeah, but I didn't play that, so I don't, I don't know. I can't speak. I can't. But you've seen the trailers. Like, it looks fine. Right, right, right. So if we get that. I just haven't played it, like... so I can't really speak on it. That's why. All right. Anyways. So. Next, one. next story, Johnny, we have. Uh, we're going to the PlayStation block for this one for something that pretty much everybody is known for months at this point. And that's uh, PlayStation finally bought Blue Point, even though I'm pretty sure they already bought them. They just didn't say anything before. Remember when we had the who was it? It wasn't Blue Point. It was when they bought Insomniac. No, who did they buy? Do you remember after Insomniac? Well, no. When we found out about this acquisition, that remember we saw the graphic go up for Blue Point and they oh, took shit. it down. Oh, they bought a uh, Returnals. Um, House Mark. That's right. Thank House you, Mark. House Mark. That's right. That's when we found out about this. Uh, this is September 30th. Here's a PlayStation blog um, welcoming Blue Point games to the PlayStation Studios family. Written by Herman Holst, head of PlayStation Studios. Today, I'm very excited to announce that PlayStation Studios has grown again with the addition of longtime partner Blue Point Games. From the exceptional PS5 remake of Demon's Souls to the critically acclaimed PS4 remake of Shadow of the Colossus and remasters of fan favorites like Uncharted and the Nathan Drake Collection, Blue Point has, a built, has built a name for itself by creating some of the highest quality remasters and remakes in the industry. With each of its projects, Bluepoint has raised the bar on console-defining visuals and gameplay, and the studio's vast expertise in world-building char- and character creation will be a huge plus for future PlayStation Studios properties. Welcome to the PlayStation Studios family, Bluepoint. Always funny. Always find it funny when they call them like family. Like it's just it's just a company, guys. Uh, let's see. People in the company, Andrew. Come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'm wait- I was looking to see where it mentions it. It's not in the blog post, but I think they mentioned somewhere that they're making an original game. Do you remember reading that, Johnny? Yes, I do remember. Now, here's a question, though, because original can mean two different things. It can mean original IP. Yeah, that, that's what I asked earlier. Or an original entry into an existing already franchise. Yeah, because if they say original game, well, that's that could be like Bloodborne 2, right? Yeah, exactly. So. Probably not Bloodborne too, but I mean, well, who knows? It could be, but it's the the wording is like vague, right? Original content, like, like what does that mean? Like, is it or they didn't say original IP? They said original, so like, because Blue Point is great at remaking games, right? They're known for like they did Demon Souls, they did um, uh, like Shadow of the Colossus, they did what's the other one? They did like one more. Oh no, yeah, I already mentioned Demon Souls. It's the one that looks like Shadow. The one that looks like Shadow? No, they didn't make that. Shadow I don't remember. Uh, okay. Are you okay with a Bloodborne? Is that what you want? Because if it was up to me, like, no, nah, I don't want a Bloodborne. Bloodborne? Is, uh, Bloodborne. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. Bloodborne is pretty dope. Uh, it's like the only Souls game that I actually like. I mean, they're all good. But Bloodborne's my favorite of the Souls games. I don't know if you noticed, but when you said Bloodborne, your phone just gave you a notification. Like It's my girlfriend calling. She's ringing my phone. All right. I'll answer her later. <laughs> I'll call you back. I'll call her back. Um, yeah, uh, of the Souls games, uh, Bloodborne is my favorite one that I played. Oh, there he goes. Uncharted. They did Nathan Drake. They ported. They did a remaster of Uncharted. The Nation Nathan Drake Collection. I just something wrong with my tongue today. I'm like tripping over everything. Uh, I'm hoping. I think they deserve. It's about time. It's about time. I think they did make a game for themselves. Like, yeah, make I'd something see unique. A original IP. 
Unless they're doing a Silent Hill and Metal Gear. Come on, that's gotta happen. Well, we'll get to the Metal Gear stuff later on, I think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I want them to make some new IP. If not, I mean, no one's gonna get mad at them for making a sequel to something. Or something that's already, like, established. Um, but it seems weird, like, we knew this happened, like, back in June. Why didn't they just say it then? Like, do you think they had to, like, cross the T's and dot some I's or something? Or... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. It just seemed kind of weird that it's like, hey, guys, like, this is what happened. And it's like, yeah, we knew. <laughs> like, it's not a, it's not the surprise you think it is, you know? All right. We keep it moving, Johnny. To what? I, I was going to say that really sucks that it got leaked because it might have been in, in a bigger announcement in the state of play. Oh, you thought it would have been included? No, because they, well, they would have just done it then and there. No, why would they wait till after? What do you mean? Oh, you're talk- I thought you meant the show. Just... I thought you meant the showcase. I thought you meant the showcase. No, if nobody knew if it and if it was in a state of play, it would have made a substantial impact. A bigger from splash. The audience, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next article comes to us from IGN, the big boys themselves, written by Cat Bailey. Nintendo reportedly provided 4K capable dev kits, even though there's no Switch Pro. Uh, let's see. Uh, should I read the article and then read the update, or read the update and then read the article? I'm going to read the article and then read the update. When the Switch OLED was first announced over the summer, fans and observers alike noted its lack of overall improvements to the base model. While the Switch OLED featured a much nicer screen, it lacked the 4K display and improved processor long rumored to be a part of the so-called Switch Pro. Nevertheless, it seems that multiple developers around the world have access to development kits that enable 4K graphics on the Nintendo Switch. Bloomberg reports that Nintendo sent the kits to developers with the request to create games to support higher resolution games. It's unclear if Nintendo's original intentions changed owing to the ongoing chip shortages fueled by the global COVID-19 pandemic. In a statement to Bloomberg, Nintendo called its reports inaccurate, but declined to elaborate further. Developers reportedly expect their 4K games to be released in the second half of 2022. The Switch Pro has been rumored since at least 2019 when it was first mentioned in tandem with the console that would become the Switch Lite. Rumors that it would include 4K graphics and an improved processor from NVIDIA picked up steam earlier this year, but were ultimately dashed when Nintendo revealed the Switch OLED. Despite that, rumors persist that Nintendo is preparing an improved version of the Switch that can support more modern graphics. For now, Nintendo is focusing on the Switch OLED, which is set to release early next month in our hands-on with the new console, we praised the new screen, but noted the lack of material upgrades elsewhere. It will cost $350 and a $50 increase from the base model. Uh, even with its aging graphics, the Nintendo Switch continues to sell well. The Switch OLED is sold out at virtually all real t- retailers, and the upgraded console is currently being sold for $100 more than the suggested retail price on eBay. As for the Switch Pro, it remains a mysterious and unrealized dream among both fans and developers. And then here's the update to the article. Um... Nintendo released an additional statement reiterating that Bloomberg's report that developers have access to a 4K development kit for Nintendo Switch is not true. Nintendo also continues to insist that it has no plans for an additional model outside of the Switch OLED. Yeah, so I think they're both probably going to... They're both right, right? Both when you say Bloomberg and Nintendo, or Bloomberg, Nintendo, and the people who claim to have the dev kits? Both Nintendo and Bloomberg. I think the Bloomberg thing is true. They probably do have dev kits. But Nintendo is saying no to that specific statement about it being 4K. So they're probably just being cute about it. 
Oh, so like, okay, because we kind of... So like, because it's not super specific about what they're actually creating, they're saying, no, we're not doing this. Like, it's not a 4K Switch. It's Yeah, it's not a 4K Switch. It could be oh, like, a 6K successor to the Switch. But it's not going to be a 6K or 8K, so it's going to be some... That like, sounds like it'd be, it would be... Yeah, because that sounds like it would be... Uh, what's it called? Uh, what's it called? Price uh, prohibitive? Is that the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Cost prohibitive? No, cost prohibitive. Where, like, no one's going to pay, like, more than $500 for, like, a Switch or, like, a handheld. Yeah, unless of the, because of the chip shortage, unless, it makes more sense to unless just go 4K. Unless it's the Steam Deck, then somebody might pay more than that. But not for a Switch. Not for a Nintendo product. I don't think someone's going to pay. Nintendo has always prided itself on being accessible and, like, not super expensive. They are super expensive. I yeah. think in the long run, they're expensive. But, like... Okay, so let's say you threw in a 4K screen. How much would it make? How we talked about this last time, like a mm-hmm. few months ago. You and I talked about this, where it's like how much, how expensive would the Switch have to be to support 4K? Mm-hmm. A 4K screen, it's like I don't know, eight inches by four inches or something. Like, how expensive would that be for a for anything really? How much would it cost Nintendo to do that? You think? Would it make it? Because the Switch is like three hundred dollars. Like, are we adding two hundred dollars to the value? Like with a 4K screen? I don't think you can quantify it that way. Like, like. No, I, I'm I sure it'd be had, ch- by bulk and purchasing and making them in bulk. I'm sure it's gonna be cheaper than what your assessment would be. But I imagine like passing on that cost to the consumer. Nintendo's not gonna make something that's like wildly expensive, like a PlayStation Three, like what it was like six hundred dollars. You know what I mean? So I think they're limited by what they can do without being like expensive, right? Or what do you think, Johnny? Okay. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I get you. Because Nintendo's always made itself like accessible. Like remember the Wii came out. So how much was the Switch? Switch is three hundred. When it came out, three hundred. Now we have the Switch OLED now at three fifty, with yeah. the brighter, smaller bezel, brighter screen. Yeah, but if the if the Xbox and the PlayStation are now five hundred, why wouldn't they just go to four hundred? I mean, it, the PS4 was four hundred, right? Right. Well, well, one of the models. Uh, yeah, and that was still 1080p. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Because if they make it more expensive, it's like, well, why am I getting the Switch? I can just buy a next-gen console instead. If you can find well, one. Well, it's not necessarily... Because it's 4K, but the tech gets older, right? And the chips Yeah, it becomes smaller. cheaper over time. Yeah. So, I mean, the price point might stay at like 380 or 400 and now actually be 4K for 400 bucks Because the tech got cheaper. All right. I just think maybe I think it's possible Nintendo explore the possibility of like 4K, but at the same time Nintendo's like MO has never been about pursuing fidelity graphics. What if they're just coming out with two versions from the beginning? For like a next gen, yeah, they got their high end which is 4K, for at 400 bucks, and then they have one. Because like- that's not the Nintendo MO. They don't do like that, like how multi tiered like like Xbox and PlayStation. They well, don't do the multi tier MO for Xbox. And they just came out with two consoles. Right. But Nintendo's never done that, like, at the start. They've done that, like, later iterations, but they've never done, like... Okay, for example, there was the 3DS, and then they made the new 3DS, which mm-hmm. was, like, a strong, like a more powerful version of 3DS. Yeah. They did, like, that one time, and it was, like, super late into the 3DS's, like, lifetime, like, lifespan. Like, I think it was, like, a year or two before the Switch first came out. But why wouldn't they explore it? I mean, Xbox, Xbox did it. I mean, Nintendo's probably looking PS4 at PS4 Pro and Xbox. Yeah, and Nintendo's probably looking Elite. at it like, damn, Xbox came out with the S and the X, and they're selling. Because Nintendo's always been different, Johnny. They do things differently. They they're like very obtuse. They don't do things like they don't pursue graphics. They pursue 
quirky, unique gameplay. That's like their thing. They don't. They they know like their competition isn't the big boys. They have like their own corner of the market, like like cornered. There you go. They have their own part of the market, like like held down. Okay. They don't have to pursue higher fidelity graphics because that's they they don't need that to like quote win end quote. You know what I'm saying? Sort of. I mean, they would pursue higher fidelity if it meant they're gonna make more money. But I don't think that's true. Cause that's I think not... I think they know they can come up with what. Look, for example, Pokemon Sword and Shield, not even the best looking Pokemon game on Switch. Okay. Pokemon Snap blows it out of the water. Mm-hmm. But they know people are gonna eat it up because it's Pokemon. It doesn't matter how it actually looks. They're gonna sell like, they're gonna sell Pokemon money. I mean, they're gonna make Pokemon money regardless because they know people are gonna like myself are just gonna eat it up no matter what. So they don't have to try. That's sad. But you get what I'm saying, though, right? I get you. Okay. So, do we agree? Well, we don't have to agree, but do we at least believe that all parties involved are telling the truth just at different points in time? I agree with that part. Okay. All right. That's that's my that's my final say on it. Uh, 4K might have been a possibility, something they were looking at to, but I don't think it's something that's going to happen now. And if it does, it's going to be for the next iteration, the next generation cycle. Yeah. Are you okay with that, though, on a personal level? Yeah, because, that like... they're not going to make 4K? I don't care, John. I really don't care. I have, I have okay. I have Xbox Game Pass on my PC, on my laptop, on this, on this actual laptop. I was playing it earlier today when I was mm-hmm. at school. I had nothing to do. I brought my controller with me to school. I had nothing else to do. This is my work computer, and I started playing Halo Reach on it. Whatever. I have my PS Five at home for when I want like actually great things on my four K screen in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then I have the Nintendo Switch because Switch, the Nintendo is like portable and it plays, it has like cute, quirky games that Nintendo is known for. Your Kirby's, your Smash Brothers, your Pokemon, your Mario's. Mm-hmm. It's a different like taste. It's like you, it's like you turning down ice cream because it's not steak. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it it fulfills a different part of your like desires or taste, but you're not looking for steak. You want ice cream. Would you be okay? I don't want my ice cream to taste like steak. Okay, but would you be okay if I I would love this if if Nintendo said we're not making a 4K, and that's because we're not making a console. We got our own Game Pass, and now we can output it on Xbox and PlayStation and PC with higher fidelities and still make our badass games. That would be amazing, but I don't see that happening. I think Nintendo. A lot of because people like you just said people buy it for the games and not exactly. the hardware. Yeah. So if they ditched the hardware and then just came up with their own Game Pass, that'd be a fucking dream. I don't think so because Nintendo a lot of Nintendo games are tied to the quirky aesthetics of the console. Like for example, the Wii has motion controllers, right? Motion controllers. So just sell the control. The Wii U had well because then the other systems have to have like that sensory built in to be able to like recognize motion controls and like stuff like that. Uh, the Joy Cons on the Switch having two controllers come in with your system is like innovative because every other console ever has only ever launched with one controller. If you had a pick, would you go with the Dual Sense or the Motion Controls? Dual Sense, absolutely. Okay, but then Nintendo games would have to be designed geared toward Dual Sense. Because the, the thing with the Nintendo, they're always switching up their their periphery, right? The yeah, the gimmick. The yeah, yeah. So it's not like oh, this is a staple for Nintendo. Like you. Well, even the Joy Cons have motion sensing. They have motion sensors. They. They, but the thing is, like, next year, you don't know if it's going to be the same type of, like, gimmick. I don't think it's a gimmick, but just for the sake right, of... Right, the core mechanic. Yeah. They might go with... They might end up going in the DualSense direction next time. 
So it's not like a staple. Haptic feedback, you mean, or what? Yeah. So. But they would just build on top of that technology. Look, okay. So with the Wii, they introduced motion sensing controls, right? Mm-hmm. Wii U also introduced uh, the tablet thing. They also had like motion sensing built in. The Joy-Cons, the Switch, now they has the Joy-Cons, but each Joy-Con, it, it detects motions. It has gyroscopes. So, so they just build upon the previous technology and just implement it into the next wave. Because I, I'm asking because I don't know the hardware like that, but you don't think they could just sell the the controls and just hook it up to a PS and an Xbox? They could, but then the PS and the Xbox would have to be able to like read all the sensory input from the Joy-Cons. They would have to be able to read motion sense. They would have to be able to differentiate between like is this is this joy-con paired with the playstation and this other joy-con also paired with the playstation i don't know if that if that i imagine it wouldn't be hard that sounds like just a firmware update to me maybe beyond a well i mean it could be a firmware update but it could be beyond that too like i guess it's possible i just don't see nintendo giving up its console space like i feel like they pretty they do probably make decent money from console sales Dude, they'd be on they'd be on three fucking platforms. Yeah, not just true, one. true. But like Xbox still has a console and has Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, it's not giving up the console, right? I don't think Nintendo's gonna give up. I don't know if they want the console. They sell a lot of hardware. I feel like they just sell more fucking hardware than they do fucking games. And you forget, Actual, there's people like, first party games. There's people who have multiple like switches and 3ds's because they keep making like special edition ones. Yes, yeah. So I don't think they would give up that. I don't think they would give that up. It's not going to happen. Now it's not in anytime soon. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. That was an interesting conversation, though. Uh, moving on to the next article. We, this one comes from, I hope I'm pronouncing this, Gematsu, written by Sal Romano, a name I can pronounce. Rumor. Konami developing Castlevania, Metal Gear Solid, and Silent Hill Revival. So Johnny really wanted me to pull this up one, so let's give it a listen. Or give it a read. The first of these revivals will reportedly be a new Castlevania. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't read the beginning. Konami is developing revivals of its Castlevania, Metal Gear Solid, and Silent Hill franchises according to a VGC report. This is the one I sent you, Johnny, actually. The VGC report. Mm-hmm. I sent you this one. I should have just pulled that one up. The first of these revivals reportedly be a new Castlevania game described by sources as a reimagining of the series currently in development internally at Konami in Japan with support from external Japanese studios. A Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater centered remake project is also reportedly in development at Singapore based studio Virtuos. While Konami also intends to release a remastered version of the original Metal Gear Solid games ahead of the remake. I saw someone make a funny pun about this one. It says that there's a studio named Virtuos and they're making remaking Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Do you know what the first part of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater is called? The first segment of the game? Johnny? No, no, no. Virtuous Mission. Okay. And then someone tweeted, someone made a joke about this I saw on Twitter. So, Virtuous, Virtuos Mission is to remake Metal Gear Solid 3. Like, it's the clever wordplay. The is studio's it? called Virtuos, right? Yeah, yeah. The first mission in Metal Gear Solid 3 is called Virtuous Mission. Uh-huh. That's the prologue. That's when you failed, like, getting Sokolov, and I had to go back in again the second time. It's just a coincidence, though. Coincidence, Johnny? Or clever planning, you think? It's too It's too coincidental. It's The first part of Metal Gear Solid 3 is called the Virtuous Mission, mm-hmm. and the studio... Supposedly assigned to it as Virtuos. 
I think it's too it's too close to be a it's coincidence. Too close, but it's still close. I think they're trying to be cute with it. I could be wrong. Uh, Eurogamer has corroborated this report. That means they've also like back it up, noting that Konami has mulled over a Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater remake for some time, with one earlier canned idea being a remake in Fox Engine with cutscenes repurposed from Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater Pachinko Machines. That would have been perfect. Have you seen that? Yes, that would have been perfect. That looks pretty cool, dude. They should have just done that. In Fox Legend, that would have been amazing. Um, finally, VGC reports multiple Silent Hill games. Multiple, wow. Silent Hill games are in development at various external development studios, one of which was outsourced to a prominent Japanese developer earlier this year. We've heard of this report before, Johnny. Back in February, Silent Hill series composer teased... Yeah, that's, that's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, composer teased a project announcement. The one you've been waiting for. Remember that one, Johnny? That was like in... Oh, right here, February. Like it was like earlier this year, mm-hmm. coming this summer in an interview with Alhub, which was taken down at the request of an unspecified party. While Konami has denied that it, it asked Alhub to remove its interview, Eurogamer noted the company was not happy with Yamaoka's tease. Gematsu has also heard that a new Silent Hills in development at a prominent Japanese developer. That studio is Kojima Productions, according to a publishing source that wishes to remain anonymous, who also said that the game is funded by Sony Interactive Entertainment. All right, guys, so we're kind of trading old ground here with a lot of older rumors yeah. that are now resurfacing again for, like, a second revival. Um, we thought about this before. I mean, other, I mean, other people have to, too, but we talked about this before where it seems like we thought that Sony was kind of being the mediator between uh, Kojima and Yeah, Konami. why doesn't this thing die, dude? It's like there's this company working on it, and then there was Kojima, and then there was uh, Blue Box. This shit just doesn't die. Because people want these games, right? they're passionate about these games. That's why they want. Yeah, these but things it's to also be... I want it to be true too. But what I'm trying to say is like it's so, it, it just feels so tangible. Like it feels like there really has to be something there. We just don't know who's fucking producing it. Right. Well, the fact that it's not just uh, VGC, but also Eurogamer is like, yeah, like this is what we've heard too. Like that seems like there's some water in the pail kind of thing yeah and there's, then there's other people that are like insiders where they're like yeah some shit is happening I the composer right yeah the composer no, there's, a, there's other people other like, oh. uh, creatives on youtube and shit that are pretty legit but i'm talking about also the composer for signing hill saying like oh yeah like we're working on something it's like what and then they that they took down that interview later so it's yeah. like huh like what you know they say when there's spoke there's fire so it's like okay so okay let's tackle these in order there's three projects castlevania Metal Gear Solid 3 and Silent Hill. Castlevania, I don't have a huge affinity for Castlevania, but I am interested in Castlevania now because of um, not just the Netflix show, but also because uh, Metroid Dread's coming out soon. And Metroidvania, that's its own separate genre of like 2D side scrolling mm-hmm. games where you go back to previous environments and that you have access to new parts now. Like, kind of like, there's a lot of. Uh, like, already kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like RE, where there's a lot of, uh, we call it, back, what's the word? Backtracking, thank you, sir. Backtracking. So, I'm interested in Castlevania, especially now that the Castlevania Advanced Collection just came out recently on Switch, mm-hmm. where it's all the Game Boy Advance games now repackaged for Switch. So, Castlevania is, like, big right now. It's bigger now than it's ever been with the Netflix and, like, the new games and stuff. That's true, yeah. So, I'm definitely interested to try that out. Uh, hopefully, they do make a new one. Yeah, I do want to see that. Konami's kind of been, like, you know, in the quagmire for a bit. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. That's the one that I'm most excited about. Snake Eater is by far my favorite entry Metal Gear Solid. 
Snake Eater is so so. I want to see part one. I I either want to see Metal Gear Solid or the one before that, the one from what is it, nineteen eighties? Just Metal Gear. Yeah, just straight Metal Gear. The Not complete the... remake of that one or Metal Gear Solid. I don't know why they're going to three. I just can't get off. I'm still hung up on the name Virtuos of the studio. Like, it has to be on purpose. It has to be on purpose. But assigning, having that assignment, I mean, I'm sorry, having that game assigned to like an unknown studio seems kind of risky, I think. Wait, so that's what I was going to say. If Is a studio, what's their history? Is there like, is it not a confirmed studio? Do they have other projects or what? I'll open another tab to see where I can find out more. Uh... Okay, so let's see. Virtuos is a video game developer headquartered in Singapore. Founded December 2004. So they've been around for at least 17 years. But I have... I could not tell you what they've made or haven't made. I couldn't... There's no way... I don't... I'm not familiar with the studio at all. I imagine it must be some kind of proof of concept that they showed. Like, yeah, we could take it on or something. Maybe it might not even be like a true remake. Maybe it's just like a... Singapore? That I'm not too hung about. Because there's a lot of stuff that comes from Singapore in terms of like... There's studios in Singapore that assist with the bigger stuff. Like, either it's art assets or, like... Remember uh, Horizon Forbidden... Uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn? Yeah. Like, a lot of the animation was, like, outsourced to, like, Asian market... Like, Asian studios. I get that, but it yeah. looks like they're at... They're Spearheading. The spear, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm fucking get. I imagine Konami must see something there, or they got enough of, like, a licensing fee from, like, yeah, sure, like, you take a stab at it. Like, just give us the money, maybe. That's the pessimistic side of me, but I'm thinking there must be something there. Right. Uh, but of all the games, I re- yeah, I agree with you. I wish it was like the Nintendo era games because mm-hmm. those are the ones that are the most desperate need of a remake because like they're virtually yeah. untouchable because like they haven't aged that great, honestly, and like they're hard to access because you can only play them if you have like the HD collection on PS3. Yeah. Aside from that, unless you have the original carts, it's really hard to access those games. I think that story's more interesting because that one takes place after 3, I think, right? It takes after place after... Yeah, 3 and after 5, after Phantom Pain. After Phantom... Fuck, that's interesting. Because the way it ends leads into the original Metal Gear. Damn. So that one has the most potential... That one is the one with the most need for a true remake. Uh-huh. With a young, 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 like, Solid Snake. Before, when Big Boss is still, like, the main bat villain. Anyways. Uh, and then the last part is about multiple Silent Hill games. Multiple. Not one, Johnny. Not Silent Hills. Multiple Silent Hill games. Two of them. The rumors I hear. At least two, right? There's that one that's rumored by... Blooper uh, team? Yeah, that's the rumored one, right? Because they're supposedly making it with no, the Japanese. verified. Okay, but then there's also the one with like it was another Japanese studio. The one that the yeah AAA Japanese studio that the interview just mentioned with the composer. Do you you, you kind of have a history with Silent Hill, right? I remember you had the you guys played the first one with with your neighbor Lewis. Yeah, but it's not my favorite. It doesn't compare to Resident Evil to me. But isn't Silent Hill like scarier than Resident Evil? Uh, I don't think. Yeah, sort of. But they don't play as well, right? I think Resident Evil just has more impactful memorable moments silent hill is like all the way through it's scary as fuck because like for one it's always foggy right it's paranormal and all that stuff it's like every fucking step you take is every step you take is uh, a little daunting every move you make long podcast Andrew. i'm sorry you say something that reminds me of a song i'm gonna sing it all right uh so okay yeah i don't have much to say about 
the Silent Hill, I'm more excited about the Metal Gear in the Castlevania than I am about Silent Hill because I'm just not into horror games aside from Resident Evil. Uh, the whole stuff with Silent Hill that could be interesting because I know there there you is. Like mm, it's alright. It's fucking. I know there's a huge group out there who like is like dedicated to like Silent Hill, like they love Silent Hill, but I don't really have much reverence for Silent Hill. That said, I I do want those people to be happy. It's been a long time since there's been like an actual like Silent Hill game. It's not just like a handheld port of some kind. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, Silent Hill fans get something. Remember, a long time ago, we were teased with PT as like a Silent Hill prototype, and then like that never that fizzled out and stuff. So, yeah. hopefully, hopefully one day Silent Hill fans will be satisfied. But please give me Metal Gear Solid, the first. I'm sorry, Metal Gear remake. Yes. I will settle for a Snake Eater remake, though. I'm not going to say no to that. Johnny, that concludes our articles and stories for this week. I wanted to ask you, Johnny, since the last time we recorded, what have you been playing? Gran Turismo. Oh, so you stuck it out with Gran Turismo. Yeah, I'm still playing that. Wait, I I thought we had more articles. Nope, that's all five of them. Oh, we forgot to mention the purchase of uh, the other studio with Blue... uh, with Blue Point, they also bought was it Fire Sprite? Fire Sprite. Yeah. The studio well, they, they made Astro's Playroom. Yeah. That's the other acquisition. Which well, we'll get into that later, actually. Because we're doing what are you playing? Right. So what are you playing? actually? What? Actually, what? before we get into that, oh, I wanted to ask: Is it gonna be Sora for the last character? Oh right. So we're recording the day before the final Smash character DLC reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time you listen to this, you may very already you may very well already know who it is. Probably there's a high chance because, I mean, the podcast goes up like in the middle of the night. But I mean, you might listen to it later in the day. So, Sora would be, of course, my favorite absolute pick because I love Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Crash would be my second pick. Probably not gonna happen. And my third pick would be like someone like Spyro or. Um, I'm I'm thinking like no matter what I want, I feel like it's gonna be. I feel like there's no way they end this without it being like another prominent first party Nintendo character. Yeah, I feel like that's the way you would end it. Part of me wants it to be like someone obscure or something different, just kind of like something that makes people think like, oh, what game is that? Like, should I play that? Like, what kind of character? Like, like oh, is this person is in Smash. The game they come from must be prominent in some way or something. You know what I mean, so. I want that for Smash. Even right now as we're talking about it, I see it on my screen off the sidebar. It's like the final Mr. Sakurai presents for Smash Brothers Ultimate. Tune in. 7 a.m. P- uh, Pacific time. I'm going to be at work at that time. What time is it? 7 a.m. tomorrow. Oh, you know what? No, I leave my house at 7. I can listen to it on the way. Because I don't go. I don't start work technically till like 7.40. Yeah, I want it to be Crash, but that doesn't make sense as a last character. Doesn't it, Johnny? It really doesn't. I mean, doesn't Sora it? is a much better match yeah i just don't know if they would go with another square enix character i feel like that would be for licensing purposes purposes that'd be tricky because it's disney's involved with kingdom hearts Mm -hmm. i imagine like the legal loopholes must be like hell to get disney and square enix to agree to doing it what if it's somebody from uh, monster hunter no that's not that's not epic enough it has to be something like because, like, Mr. Sakurai mentioned, he sent out a tweet today. He said, please tune in tomorrow. Like, even if you're not a fan of Smash Bros., you're going to want to tune in for this one. So that tells me it's something that has to be important to gaming overall. 
He says, even if you're not a fan of Smash, please tune in for this reveal. Kratos. How insane would it be if it was Kratos? That'd be bad. I don't think there'd be a complaint. Especially on the heels of like IGN calling God of War like the greatest game of all time. Exactly, yeah. Remember that happened? It it was like a poll over the last week. It wouldn't make sense, but it'd be badass, dude. It wouldn't make sense, and yet at the same time, it makes sense for the same reasons. It doesn't make sense. Because it's such a big character. Exactly. I mean, like, Kratos, and if we're doing Kratos, we might as well do uh, Master Chief. I can see that happening. With, the, with, like, Halo Infinite launching soon, like, that's, like, the perfect kind of, like, social media blitz ca- campaign. Yeah. It's not It's not too... I mean, because we have Snake in there, right? Snake. So it kind of makes sense that they get a character that, I mean... From the big three? All three? Yeah. You're kind of bringing me around to this. I can see that happening. It just... All those characters kind of make sense, so like they don't. But if Snake is in there, then it yeah it works. But not as they the all seem one. so far fetched. Yet they all seem like they have an equal chance of happening. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll find. We'll we'll find out. Like tomorrow, this time we'll already know who it is. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be exciting for me. I'm gonna. Look, that's gonna be something I look forward to this tomorrow. Wait, morning. put your money on somebody. I don't want to bet. I don't have money. You know, I'm broke until like next week. Not literally. <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure you're being literal. I'm gonna go with Sora. I feel like it's a safe bet. I'll go with Sora, too. All right. We'll find out how wrong or how right we are tomorrow, I guess. But, Johnny, stop dodging my questions. What have you been... Oh, you say Gran Turismo, right? Yeah, Gran Turismo. Is that it? Uh, yeah. I so, played a... so, what's happening in Gran Turismo? What's going on in the world of Gran Turismo? I'm just collecting cars. I'm doing uh, little sections of the track. You, you do, like, time trials. And if you complete it, you get a gold. If you complete, like, five sets of gold for that track, you'll get a free car. Oh, okay. What kind of cars have you got? Any like dream dream cars of yours? Uh, I don't remember. My my memory shot you right now. But I got a ton of cars, dude. I I got like fucking Lambos and Porsche and. Uh, I'm trying to go. I'm. I think I'm gonna buy a Formula One. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I tried a few demos. I don't know the names of the demos, but there's some that I have to recommend to you. Okay. Uh, so I'll show that to you. I'll send the. I'll send it to you tomorrow. You can't um, just tell me. I forgot the names. Oh, man. But they're, but they're pretty cool so far. Okay. And I was about to play this demo for uh, The Division Part 2. Oh, okay. That game's already out, though. Yeah, I know. Okay, there's a demo? I know there was a demo for it. No, there's a demo. I'm going to try it out because it's on sale. Is there anything that's coming out this month that you're looking forward to? October? This or month? What yeah. What the hell is coming out this month? We have Far Cry comes out the end of this week. Far Cry 6 comes out, this, comes out the end of this week. It looks cool, but it's just not my type. You know that. Mm. It's like... I'm kind of looking forward but to it. But it does look really cool. Yeah. Uh, there was Kenna. Got decent reviews. Oh my god, it looks so good. It looks I, cool. I saw one of my friends, uh, the person, the guy I used to tell you, I used to, uh, JR, like, well, I used to, I used to play uh, Fortnite with him. I still, I still do sometimes. But he was streaming Kenna and I tuned in on his Twitch stream and I was like, like, that's Kenna? Like, it looks like a Pixar movie. Like, or DreamWorks. It looks so, so good. Like, the ray tracing, the lighting, the smoothness of, like, the frame rate. Like, it just looks so, so good. So, I was not sold on Kenna. And then I saw actual gameplay of him playing. I'm like, I need to get Kenna next time I get paid. It looks great. The mechanics look okay, but I don't feel like it's going to take me to that, like, like yeah. that flow state, you know? Yeah. It's, it's definitely not, like the most like visually impressive game of the year. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But it definitely looks like for the art style, it looks really really good. Mm-hmm. It's not just I mean it's cutesy, but it's like really like 60 frames per second cutesy. If you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
What else? Uh, that's it. Okay. Uh, I finished Watch Dogs Legion. Already, damn. Is it was like fourteen hours or so. Oh, you went straight through the story. I did side stuff like here and there, but most of the side stuff is complementary to like the main story. So like you'll do like if you want to recruit certain characters that are like really really good, mm-hmm. you have to complete like their personal like side missions. Like they'll join you if you do like favors for them. Okay. So like there was like a character who I wanted to recruit who was like he has like a light machine gun he has like body armor he's like a guard mm-hmm. he's like he's like aligned with like the enemy faction but because you can recruit anybody in the game he has like a personal problem that he needs taken care of it's like hey if you clear this for me like I'll like you know I'll go I'll flip to your side or whatever so yeah. I did like his like I, I was like trying to clear his like his online debt with somebody or something yeah so like we went to like some like tech headquarters and like crashed all the servers and deleted his like debt info i guess like his history of debt mm-hmm. and so he's like all right like I, like i'm in now like you've won me over so like the cool thing is because he has the same uniform as like a lot of like the enemies mm-hmm. if i use him like on certain missions like as long as i don't run like i won't draw enemy attention because i can just blend in as like one of the workers so it's cool but like a lot of the side stuff like i did the thing where you're supposed to like liberate certain areas of the map like parts of london yeah and so, like, just to say, like, I did it, I was like, okay, let me, like, liberate. So, you have to do, like, side missions where it's, like, you know, like, reduce their influence in this portion of the map. And so, I did that. Then you get, like, a special mission where it's like, okay, this part of London is, like, ready to riot. Now, you have to do, like, this one last special mission and, like, you'll have, like, freed the area of, like, Big Brother, basically. And so, I did that. But, uh, I mean... I mostly just did like the main story beats because I'm like I kind of more or less got an idea of what the game's about like from a gameplay perspective. Like I did like I did some of like there's like a there's like side stuff like there's like a there's like a boxing brawler arena section where like you just box and like win like rounds to like win money and stuff. Yeah. Uh, there was like came like optional like. Um, you can, like, steal packages from drones and, like, deliver them somewhere else. But then, like, police will come after you. So there's, like, side, inconsequential, like, side stuff that's just, like, supplementary to the main experience. Um, But the overall story, like, like the main villain's supposed to be, like, a shrouded mystery. I figured it out halfway through the game. I'm like, I know who this is, just based off, like, the clues and stuff. I'm like, I'm like watch it be this person. And then when I got to that point, I'm like... I knew it. I called it because it was. It's kind. Of, the story's not that. It's interesting, but at the same time, it's very predictable. Mm-hmm. It's like I've seen this kind of story play out. Oh, there's like a villain who, like, you know, to like reshape society, we gotta destroy society. And like, I'm not. It's not a big spoiler because that's like they tell. They tell you that's like their mission statement in the first 15 minutes of the game. But it's like, it's like one of those like Bond villain kind of like anarchy type kind of characters where like you know. Yeah. We gotta destroy the system to like we can't fix it from within. It has to be like destroyed from like scratch or whatever. Sounds like very current. Uh, maybe. I mean, there's definitely. Well, okay. So there is like social, political implications in the game where it's like, for example, like everything's like being seen. There's a lot of like see something, say something kind of stuff. There's like a police, especially like because England kind of is like that where like there's like cameras like in random public places that are just like not private property they're just in public they have like cameras pointed like in every direction cctv that's what it is thank you yeah Yeah. like that's a real thing in london and stuff Mm -hmm. and so but the player uses those those things to their advantage so like you can like hack into cameras and like 
I don't know, you can, like, uh, attract guards over to the camera. Like, you can make the camera, like, fizzle, like, kind of, like, scramble out. And it'll make a sound that'll, like, attract guards. And so you can use that, like, their distraction. You can use it to, like, sneak by or something. Yeah. So it's kind of, like, double-sorted where, like, the and the weapons of my enemies are also, like, my weapons kind of thing. And so, like, there's, like, different characters in the There's, like, different, like, main... I wouldn't say bosses because you don't fight them. But there's, like, main... There's more than one, like, main villain who's, like... There's, like, one who's the head of a gang. There's another one who's, like, kind of, like, a... Sort of, like, a Elon Musk-like parody. Or, like, someone who wants to connect everyone through the brains and stuff. Like, that kind of, like, the neural network stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, a character who's, like... Like, if you just change the name, like, it's pretty much just Elon Musk in a nutshell kind of thing. Okay. So, I think it's kind of based off, like, modern contemporary stuff that's going on in the world, like he said. Uh, there's, like, the main villain or faction in the game is, like, this private security company. It's pretty much like privatized all of the stuff for like they've taken over for like the police. Like the police isn't like really involved now because now there's like a private security force in charge of like all of the like crime and like law stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they have that right. They have like they have permission to like just kill basically. And so like the whole purpose of the game is like we need to stop this paramilitary group that's like controlling all of London and like expose them like for the corrupt like private company that they are or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's like the main angle of the game, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, there was one part where I was really stuck for a long time, like the progress. I, I could not survive this particular like incident, and so I was forced to kind of go and not grind because it's not an RPG. But I did have to like go find. Um, there's a specific unit of currency in the game for upgrades, separate from money. And I had to go look for this currency because, like, my characters could not survive, like, these wave of drones. So I invest in, like, the health for every character, like, increase their max health. And also I had to increase, like, their hacking ability so you can hack the drones so they can fight each other. Because without that, it's just waves of drones and you don't, you don't have enough cover to survive, like, the damage they do. Mm-hmm. So there's a part where the game just blocks you completely. Unless you're, like, super, super lucky or there's something that I must have missed. I had to, like, stop the mission and spend like two or three hours like doing other stuff to get the currency I needed to upgrade my characters. So that's like the one like momentum blocker, I guess you can call it. Are there any glitches? Surprisingly not. Okay. I'm thinking I'm like I think there's one it was one weird glitch where for some reason my character suddenly just launched in the air mm. and like flew down like two blocks, but I didn't die. It was just I was like walking and all of a sudden my character just jumps like two blocks down and then lands and he's like fine i'm like what the hell Sounds just like something grand theft auto would do yeah it was like what the hell just happened why did he just launch off the ground and i couldn't fit i could not figure what triggered it huh. that's like the only glitch and it was like a funny one at that so it's like not an issue but like other than that i mean i think i told you about this last week where the driving mechanics feel like you're driving on ice yeah the driving mechanics are bad the shooting mechanics are leave a lot to be desired it feels like grand theft auto where you kind of you you like lock on but it's like a very loose reticle like you have to like kind of steer the reticle and like when enemies are moving it's hard to stay like locked onto them yeah and it's just it's just a pain it's really a pain i died a lot because like i would try to aim and it would like target the wrong person or like it wouldn't like be anywhere near like where i'm trying to aim at them wait did you have auto aim on is that even a thing 
I think there is auto aim at least for the drones because when I lock onto a drone, when I aim, if there's a drone nearby, I'll, it'll automatically snap to the drone. But yeah. when it's like human characters, it won't like lock onto them for some reason. Yeah. So, and for a third person shooter, like it's kind of hard to like aim without like some kind of like assist or something. It's just really awkward to shoot. There's no upgrades that like make you steady or anything, right? Like Metal Gear. No. There's upgrades for like health, for like abilities, for um, being able to recruit like enemy uh, characters who hate you. Because mm-hmm. there's like there's certain characters who like because they belong to a faction, it's an enemy. Like they just hate you. But there's a like, you can upgrade like a certain skill that allows you to like win them over. Like so so like if you if they hate you and you don't have the skill, you can't even like begin the recruiting mission for them. It just won't let you. But if you do have that skill, then you can begin the recruiting mission, but it's just like harder than a regular mission would be because you have to really win them over to your side. There's some like interesting stuff though. Like that, there is like, for example, when you're not using some of your characters, like they are on the map scattered living their lives. So like there was a couple of times where I would run into like one of my other characters that I played as mm-hmm. and like, they're just like doing something completely unrelated to the mission. They're just like, they're like, they're like a part of like living in the world. You know what I mean? They're not just, like, stored off server somewhere else. Like, they're actually milling about in the city. So sometimes I'll be doing a mission and I'll be passing by. I'm like, oh, that's, like, the character I used, like, a few hours ago. Like, they're just doing their own thing. So what's your grade for the game? Uh, I give, like, a 7. Okay. I give it a 7. I enjoyed it for what it is. I had I had very little frustrations. I mean, I kind of fought the game when it came to race to driving and, like, stuff like that. But... I had a good time with it. Like the like the mechanic of recruiting everybody being able to recruit anybody like so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like I like to like scan people and see like what do they what are the skills like should I get them? Like nah, now scan somebody else like oh like this person's a spy. Like that's their actual occupation is a spy. And they come with like a suppressed pistol, a fancy like a super fancy like Lamborghini style car. So when you recruit people, is there like a, a an amount, like a limitation? Like I, I, if there is, I didn't reach the limitation. All right. I probably had like about 15 16 characters okay okay trying to get more than that just seemed kind of like redundant all right because i'm like i don't need because like i had like what i needed in the people that i had Mm. i imagine there probably is a hard limit somewhere but i don't know what it is i didn't i didn't feel like restrained at least i felt restrained in the amount of time though because each each character requires you to do a mission to recruit them Mm. and i was like i'm not gonna do like a hundred of these i'm not gonna do that so I don't know. I don't know what the cap is, but so I. You think there's a mechanic worth like? I would like to see it. Yeah, it's really cool to be able to just recruit people off the street. It kind of, like I said, it wears thin a little bit towards the end, where you're like, okay, I don't need any more people. I have enough for. The interesting thing is, you can leave. You can make it. You can play like on the normal mode or the hard mode. Normal mode, if your character dies, they get like arrested or they go to the hospital. In hard mode, if your character dies, that's it. They're gone forever. And you have to recruit more people. I'll take that. I'll take those. I, I played it that way. I played it with, like, the... Because I didn't want to lose people. I'm like, I have these characters. I don't want to have to get new characters just because. And so, like, I had it on normal mode where, like, if they die, quote, die, mm-hmm. they get arrested or hospitalized, and then you can't use them for, like, a certain amount of time. It's possible to get a game over if all your people are, like, arrested or hospitalized. But you just have to wait for the counter to like, so they're like released from custody or released from the hospital. Nah, I'll take the permadeath. I think maybe it might be more interesting with the permadeath because then you have to be really yeah, careful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, the game would be way longer than it would need to be because I would have to recruit constantly then. 
and that would just be annoying. I might play it again. No, I don't think I'm going to play it again. If I'm really, really bored, I might play it again with Permadeath just to see how fundamental the difference like in my gameplay approach is, but eh, I don't feel like wasting my time doing that. So, right, so yeah, I finished Watch Dogs Legions. I'm sorry, Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, I just started... <laughs> I promised Brian and our friend Miko that would finally play Persona 5 Royal. Isn't that game like 100 hours? Yes. Because I told them I would get to it. Event. You know You know what's funny, Johnny? True story. Did I tell you about my vice principal or no? No. So the vice principal at my school that I work at, uh, for those who don't know, I'm a substitute teacher at a specific school, elementary school. My vice principal, I found out, uh, I had a really, I swear this is related in a way, but we'll get to the, it's going to take a while for us to get there. I had issues with this class that I was helping for last week. Like they had, we had two fights in the same class in the same day. Two, okay. Like, physical fights yeah, between yeah. Different, it was a sixth grade class yeah. so teen, you know hormones flying and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh my vice principal found out he came to the class and gave them like a t- speech about like what do you want to do with your life like you know like what do you want to be like do you want to be a loser or do you want to be like a win you know that kind of like to get them like focused like what do we what do you have to do to be a success in life it's basically not fighting i can tell you that and so, like, he answered. He's like, I like, let me tell you about myself. So he started talking about. He's like, oh, I spent like seven years in Japan, and I was a. He taught English in Japan. There's like a special program where they send like English speakers to Japan to like teach English. So that's what he did. He met his wife over there. He got married. He came back. And he was talking about like you know how well he's doing now. And, like a lot of people in his family are not so well off or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, I kind of just paid attention to the Japan part only because I also got to Japan last year. And so, like, after that was done at the end of the day, this was, like, last week, I talked to him, and I was like, oh, you know, you went to Japan and stuff? I'm like, yeah. He was like, I was there for something. He was like, oh, I went to Japan last year. And, like, we just, we kind of geeked out. Fast forward, I find out he's really into video games. He's super, super into video games, specifically Japanese video games. So, like, Yakuza, RPGs. And we were talking about how um, he asked me if I had played the Persona series. And I was like, I have persona 4 on vita and i have persona 5 royal on ps5 on ps4 i said i've only played the vita one i have not played the other one i like i heard it's like 100 hours it's like oh yeah it's like a really long ass game he says but he's like oh but it's so so worth it i'm like hmm like okay like maybe i'll get around to it so that was fresh on my mind and then i finished watchdogs legion over the weekend and i was like you know what maybe it's time i finally play persona and because miko our fr- a friend of brian's and out of mine has been hounding me about playing that game. I was like, screw it. So far, I'm only like an hour into the game. I'm just thinking like, I don't know how they're going to stretch this out to be a 100 plus hour game. It's interesting. We'll, we'll find out. But the cool thing I'm finding is that fortunately, all the dialogue is voiced because mm-hmm. I can't tell you how boring it would be after we do yeah, for hundreds of hours. I click out as soon as I see that. So I'm like, oh, thank God. All the NPCs, all the characters are voiced. I'm like, okay, this is going to make it so much easier, so much more, you know, enjoyable. So I started Persona 5 Royal as, like, my main, like, game that I'm focusing on. But in the background, I did play, like, an hour of control because mm-hmm. I'm still making headway into that. Didn't really get far. I got lost. I got really lost. Frustrated. Figured out where I had to go. And before I went there, I was like, I'm done for tonight. I went to sleep. Um, playing, uh, I'm still playing Halo Reach on Game Pass on my laptop, this one. 
I played it earlier when I had some downtime at work at the end of the day because it's minimum day. So I had nothing to do for the last hour, so I played a little Halo Reach. And that's about it. We were pretty caught up. That's pretty much all I've really played this past week, weekend. And so, yeah. Johnny, let's get into the pitch. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are not in the know, the pitch is a segment that Johnny and I do where we take two canisters and each canister has a couple of papers. One is theme like desert, space, ocean, time travel. The other one is genre such as first person shooter, platformer, puzzle, uh, visual novel, stuff like that. We'll take one or two of each and jam them together and come up with a concept for a game and we pitch it. So Johnny, through the magic of podcasting and audio engineering, we already have two of our, we've already made two of our choices. I have, well, what do you have so far? Okay, well, I got two tickets. I pulled out three, just, you know, just in case one doesn't work. So I got platformer. Mm. Okay. I got fantasy and gothic. Oh, shit. I know you want the fantasy, but let's go with gothic. Oh, no, no, no. I was leaning to gothic already. All right, cool. I was leaning to gothic because I have Bloodborne still fresh in my mind. Gothic. All right. So I got, yeah, I got platform. And? And it, this fits perfectly. I just want to use all three. I got survival horror. Okay. Fits perfect with the gothic. And I got fighting. Mm. I don't think fighting fits, but okay. So, if we could b- combine platformer with gothic, that's basically Castlevania. Because Castlevania is a platformer, side-scrolling platformer. Yeah, Metroidvania. If, if we go with fighting, it turns into Sub-Zero Mythologies. Oh, that's a throwback. I fucking love that game. Did you or Jeremy have that game? I had it. You I had it. Jeremy had it, but I had it. I remember that was basically if you just took Mortal Kombat and made it. Is it Anthologies or Mythologies? I want to say Mythologies. Okay. Sub-Zero so yeah, it's, it's Mortal Kombat and it's a side-scroller. Yeah, you basically turn Mortal Kombat into a platformer, right? You have like a health bar. You mm-hmm. constantly just go right on the screen, yeah. side-scrolling. Yeah, uh, it's got a bunch of obstacles. It's got like spikes popping out the ceiling on the floor. It's got like walls crushing you, I think it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking it up right now because I'm curious what it was called. Sub-Zero Mythologies. Yep, Sub-Zero Mythologies on PS1. I remember. I'm looking at the screenshots now that this kind of reminds me because I remember the background was orange, like an orange sky mm-hmm. for a lot of it. So this looks accurate. It was, yeah, you just took Mortal Kombat and you just made it into a platformer. And that's basically what it is with boss fights and stuff like a fighting game. Yeah, a ton of gore. Uh-huh. Like blood splash. It was ridiculous. I think it had like acid pathways. It, it was an amazing game. So you're saying you just want, that's basically this gothic platforming, fighting. And what was the other thing? Well, it's it's fighting platform and survival horror. Survival, okay. I don't know so, if it's survival horror quite, but yeah, that's the hard part. I've never seen a, a side scroller that's scary, right? There is side scrollers that are scary though. There's like a clock tower for the Super Nintendo. It's a horror game. Okay. Where you go from room to room, you're in a mansion, and you're being pursued by a guy with giant scissors. <laughs> okay. It sounds silly, but that was a that was like a Super Nintendo horror game, and like you could not fight back. You didn't have weapons. Mm-hmm. So you had to, like, you go into a room. You had, like, a heart rate thingy that would tell you, like, how scared you were. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, the more scared you got, the higher chance of, like, a heart attack you would have. Okay. So you had to, like, maintain your sanity. 
So you would go into a room, and then like you would hear like, oh, like the you know the he's coming. So you had to find like places to hide under beds or behind curtains, mm-hmm. and you just had to hope that he wouldn't find you. You had to like do other stuff at the same time. You had to like kind of like Among Us in a way where you had like an objective to do, like you were looking for something, while also avoiding getting killed by this guy that you cannot beat. Mm-hmm. So if you took like Nemesis or Mister X from Resident Evil. And just put that into a 2D side-scrolling. That's basically what Clock Tower is. On Super Nintendo, at least. Okay. So, okay, we got... Okay, let's just focus. So, we have Gothic, we have Platformer, and we have Survival Horror. So... This sounds like a side-scrolling Bloodborne to me. And that could work. Wait a minute. If you just turn Bloodborne into Castlevania, basically, with a Castlevania... A Castlevania with a Bloodborne skin is basically all three of these things together. Mm-hmm. Survival Horror... Gothic, Gothic's like the atmosphere, the design of like the, the buildings, the statues, the gargoyles, and all that stuff, right? Platforming is like you're just you know jumping on platforms and like side scrolling basically. Because this is a, it's not gargoyles, right? What does it say? Gothic. Gothic. It reminds me of a character from Marvel on uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. What's hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it Blackheart? Yes. I knew it. Fuck. If he looks like that, I want it to look like that, dude. I knew it was gonna be Blackheart. Uh, wait. What about Blackheart? I forgot. What about him? I think that would be a dope character design for that. For the main character, or for well, like a villain, or like for enemies. For the aesthetic, for the for the enemies. Okay. If it's the main character, it it'd be like. Maybe... So basically, a demon. That's what Blackheart is. Yeah, but I want that aesthetic. So throughout the game, that's what so I'm like see. that. Are you talking about the Marvel versus Capcom two aesthetic, or like that washed out colored like, like watercolor look? I don't remember it being a watercolored, just, just kind of like a fucking black silhouette with a blue outline. Oh, specifically him. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. All right. So I, I want that to, to be the aesthetic with, with fucking like gargoyles and all that shit, right? Okay. Um. So this sounds like a. But, sp- go ahead. But how do we get the the fighting like? Because I picked out a fighting right. So how do we integrate that? Is the fighting? Because I don't want to just copy Mortal Kombat, right? I like feel like and all that. yeah. I feel like what you could do to make it like that is if you took like a side-scrolling game like Scott Pilgrim or like River City Ransom, mm-hmm. and or like Fight Final Fight, any of those games like or like even the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games where you're side-scrolling but you're fighting characters like at the same time with the, like everything like health bars. I feel if like you just put like a a dark gothic survival horror skin on that, that's basically what that is. With a platforming... With... So it's it's fighting, but I want weapons. I want, like, close-range weapons. Okay, so, like, maces, yes. swords, hammers, axes. Exactly. And just have it... So it sounds like... I mean, I'm picturing 2D Bloodborne, basically. Yeah, I want a heavy narrative, too. That way we can try to get some of the horror elements in there. Okay. Uh, where you can see, you know, facial expressions. All right, so like... I'm thinking you're a character. You're going to a gothic castle... And you're there because you're looking for a long-lost family member who maybe sent you, like, a letter saying they're there or something. Kind of like the similar to plot, re- similar to Resident Evil 7, where you go looking for your wife in, at the swamp. So, yeah, maybe it's a story where, where one of your family members dies, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you start getting, like, weird notes. Messages, yeah. Messages, like, first you see it on your mail, then you see it on your computer, they're just <laughs> on your phone. You, and then at some point you're like... Telling people, or trying to contact you by your vehicle's extended uh, warranty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like that. No, maybe you see like signs, right? Maybe you like walking down the park and you see a sign, and then in one of these uh, events, maybe you see like a fucking orb, 
and then the orb takes you into this fucking like down down a forest and then you walk through the forest and okay. you finally see like this mansion transported castle. to like a different like yeah world or reality or plane of existence that could be interesting yeah so what are the environments it's, it's, there's gotta be a fucking castle in here right? no that's like the main game is a castle and it's just like the different parts are like the different sections the dungeon, of the castle yeah the rooftop yeah the right. garden the graveyard and there's just like and I'm trying I'm trying to think what would be the motivation why are the enemies but I wanted to connect to the city too what city well it's gotta be some like somehow you get into the dungeon and then you try to escape and then when you escape you're like oh shit I'm in the city like and the then, sewers or something yeah yeah okay we can do All that right, do that uh, so what about were you gonna say the enemies or what yeah I was trying to think what would be the inspiration for the enemies like are they trying to stop you because you're like trespassing or like are they have more malevolent like goals or something like i'm trying to figure out like what's the crux of the story like why are you you're exploring this because you're not well you it's not your intention to explore you just like your curiosity got the better of you but like why are the enemies doing what they're doing is what i'm trying to figure it out yeah. Is that you're trying to get out and like you they won't let you out for some reason? Maybe. I want to add like a uh, I don't know what they're called like a tarot card reading thing, but I want to add them like the uh, fat guy from Resident Evil, like you just meet up with her, <laughs> the Duke. <laughs> yeah, but you meet up with her and then same thing like you buy weapons. She gives you like, hey, you could take this card, you could take this path or this this path, and then she kind of gives you an insight into what the mystery is for the game. Okay, so, like, the storytelling, like, unfolds with, like, every few, like... Yeah, like, she's kind of the narrator telling you, like, this is what's going on, maybe you shouldn't do this. Okay. So I'm picturing, like, a 2D sort of, like, Dark Souls or, like, Bloodborne-style game where, like, Mm -hmm. enemies have, like, health bars or whatever, and, like, you kind of just chip at them, and you kind of, like, have to play it safe. Kind of like a roguelite, sort of, in a way, like, Dead Cells or something like that. Yeah, I don't know about a roguelite. I'm saying it has, like, that feel where, like, you can't play it safe. You can't, like, you, you're never, like, just, like, oh, it's fine because I can just come back here again. Like, I want there to be that sense of dread and anxiety. So you're saying, like, far checkpoints or? We could do that. Like, checkpoints are not just, like, oh, you just come back to the same screen exactly. It could be, like, oh, man, I have to, like, dr- like walk another two or three minutes. I've seen some mechanics where it's, like, you can, there's a far checkpoint or there's a closer checkpoint, but you got to give up some blood. Like oh, you gotta do a little okay. sacrifice or something. Or yeah, you just don't have all your weapons replenished or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Or you give up some XP or something and you get you can get a closer checkpoint. Okay. Or if you don't take the checkpoint and you skip the second checkpoint, you can go even further and you can claim like better armor or something. Okay, but then you, the enemies have respawned since then. Uh sure. That's basically a roguelike in a way. Except Rolags are way more unforgiving, but it's the same concept, basically. Where you're getting... It's equal exchange. You're giving up something to gain something. Yeah. And then, of course, we have all the elemental elemental stuff. Like, we got the trap doors. We got the fucking... The spikes, all the... And then as you clear a section, all of a sudden you have a shortcut back to, like, earlier sections. You can just traverse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that'd be... That, I'm okay with that if you have to do some backtracking in this game as well. But, like, it's it's... Not so bad it's a chore. Like, there's shortcuts you come up with along the way. Like, now you have access. Like, oh, this statue moved. And, like, oh, it's connected to that other statue from earlier. as like, a path or something. Yeah, like, it'd be cool if you have the, the whole mansion. But, like, in the place you're at, kind of, again, like, Resident Evil, like, it's like, okay, you have, like, these three orbs. You've got to get to the back to this room. 
Right. And then you can decide. Put them in the slots and this path. Yeah. And then in every path, you got to take, like, maybe a different weapon, or you can see what enemies are in there. So I'm thinking to flesh out the story. You've wandered into this mansion, mm-hmm. and every now and then, this mansion, this portal to this mansion shows up somewhere on Earth, like, every few years, somewhere randomly. Mm-hmm. And when it does, the creatures or the enemies in the mansion allow somebody to slip in, so then they can hunt them, like, predator style. Where, like, they allow prey or humans to come in, like a certain time of the year or something. And then it's for them, they hunt them as like sport. But this time the human is able to fight back because he has that mysterious person helping him out. The narrator or the vendor or whatever you want to call him. And it's like, you know what? Like this has been going too long. It's time we break the cycle or something kind of thing. It's like, here, I'm giving you weapons to fight back or something like that. Yeah. Right? That's the only thing I can really think of. That works. Unless we go with just the chosen one. You stumble in there, and this lady gives you a curse, but you're the chosen one that has to defeat this invasion. Okay, so more like a doom kind of uh, route. All right, yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Where you're like the doom guy, it's your like destiny to like prevent like the invasion of Earth. Yeah, it does sound like Castlevania. But that's because it's gothic and and platforming. That's what I, I'm not gonna think of Castlevania, so that's why. But it can work. There's, I mean, Castlevania but has that fighting element where it's like heavy melee stuff. Just like that kind of where it's just like like hacking or no, like no, throwing no. weapons. Or like... I want it to be like also kind of like Mortal Kombat. Like you get to do some fighting and then you do boss battles, but also you do a bunch of melees. Okay, you can like string you combo. Build up, you build up your bar and you're like, you can melee right now. Like press this and that. Yeah, string some combos together. Yeah, yeah. I, can see, I don't see why not. Yeah, you could do that. All right. So this is a tough one. Who's going to make the game? We don't even have a name for it yet. Oh, that's right. Now, I have a few ideas. I was thinking of... Um, I was thinking uh, Dark Castle, Gothic Tale. That's about it. <laughs> Those two ideas. <laughs> I don't know if you have any other ones. I mean, Gothic doesn't have to be in the name, but I think it kind of helps, like, sounds like, ooh, like, I'm curious what's this about. Like, it has, like, that intriguing... Kind of, like, like, almost anything with the name Gothic in it sounds dope. Right? Like... Gothic gore. Like, wasn't there a racing game called like Project Gotham or whatever? You remember that? Yeah. Racing game called that? I was like, ooh, like, what's that? Like, I know it's about cars, but like the name sounds cool. Like Gotham, Gotham Racing, Knight. like that. Yeah, Gotham. I mean, that's like a font style. Isn't it like a font style Gotham? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so Gothic. Goth. Anything has to do with the word goth, basically. So it's dark and like, intriguing and mysterious. So Gothic Tale, Dark Castle, Tales of. Gothic adventure sounds kind of corny. Maybe something realms too. Mm, gothic realms, maybe. That sounds cool. Dark I don't realms. Think they go together, but yeah, there's no alliteration there. Gothic portals of darkness. Fuck all those! All those sound good. All those like heavy metal type of heavy metal garbage. portals of goth. Yeah. <laughs> Doing like the deep voice. Could just be. Gothic Adventure. <laughs> it sounds... You went Disney for a second. Gothic Adventure? Yeah, I guess so. Tales of Darkness, I'm thinking, sounds, like, interesting. Even Grim. Like, all these words Ooh. sound dope. Grim Tales, Grim Castle, Dark Times, Gothic Times, Tales from the Other Side, or something, maybe. Gothic Architecture? That's a thing, right? <laughs> Gothic Architecture? I don't know. 
I gave you some options. Gothic times. What were the first ones? I came with Dark Castle and Gothic Tale. Mm. I don't know. Ca- uh, I'm trying to avoid using castle. I don't want to use that word. But it's kind of hard to not use it. Tales. Can we just go with Gothic? Just Gothic? Yeah, and I want the subtitle to be uh, Resurrection. What are we resurrecting? I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like the name for like the sequel. We have just gothic and then gothic resurrection, like 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 uh like a horror movie resurrected or something like Jason Resurrection or something like that. Aiding the resurrection. There you go. Let's go. Yeah, let's just go with gothic. I guess. I kind of. I think it's enough to grab your interest, right? I don't know. Like Blades of Darkness, Gothic Ruins. Uh, I actually like that. Blades of Darkness is cool. Right, Blades of Darkness. Well, let's just go with that. Blades of Blades Goth- of- Gothic Tale, Blades of Darkness. That's too much. Oh wait, the subtitle. Yeah, it's Gothic Tale and then Blades of Darkness. It's like the, the subtitle. I don't like t- Tale. Okay, Gothic and then Blades of Darkness. Cool. Close enough. I but I would do okay okay okay. What would you do? What would you do? What would you do? I was gonna do Blades of Tale, Blades what? of oh, whatever you said. Blades, Blades of Darkness. darkness. Uh huh. And then Resurrection. Let's go with that. Blades of Tail Resurrection. Blades of Darkness Resurrection. <laughs> I'm already forgetting. Okay. Konami, obviously, right? Konami, they don't put out games. But when they did... Okay, from software, then. When they did, we got Resident Evil... I mean, Metal Gear Survive. Wait, who did Mythologies? Let's find out. Who did Mythologies? Is it Realms? Could they... Could, is that who did it? Nah. Nah? You don't think so? Or nah, like, we're not doing that? Nah, I don't think it was that. Developer Midway... Avalanche. So Midway back. So Nether Realms used to be Midway, and then Avalanche uh, software does like mobile games now. I think. Just give it to Capcom. Why Capcom? Because they're like heavy. Because and... of Mega Man. Oh, because of the horror stuff. Yeah. Okay, I can see it being given to Capcom. Yeah. Maybe a Capcom joint Konami venture. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Blades of Darkness Resurrection. Yes. By Capcom. It starts to land once you say it a couple times. I have to, like, get used to the sounding. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. All right, Johnny. We've neared the end of our podcast. Did you have any final words for our listeners? No. You never do. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening so far. If you managed to make it this far uh, into the podcast episode, we appreciate it. Our listenership is steadily growing. I forgot to tell Johnny. We actually added a new country to our listenership. Uh the our friends to the north canada mm-hmm. not one we had before now we do so thank you to that one canadian who's listening to us i got the name what blood porn god i hate you <laughs> i hate you i hate you for that it's perfect no it's not it's a perfect name <laughs> i didn't expect that to make to come around <laughs> again it was a slip of the tongue okay blood born is what i meant to say Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I can't do this with a straight face now. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Um, Johnny and I both appreciate it. We do this for fun. But, of course, it's nice to know there's people who tune in and give us a listen. We appreciate it a lot. So, thank you guys. Uh, if you, uh, Whatever app that you use to listen to our podcast, we ask you kindly to give us a rating, whether it's like a thumbs up or a star or a like or whatever you want to call it. Uh, whatever metric of enjoyment the your app uses please go ahead and give us a rating so 
Anyways, if I you guess. have any, no, hold on, hold on. Not yet. No, if you have any questions, suggestions, concerns, you want to tell Johnny you don't like his voice. If you agree with the new title of the game. If you agree with the title of the game, maybe you have your own design. I know there's a few of you, like Ty Ty out there, she's the one that uh, always suggests alternative names for our games. Because she has way more time to do it than we do on this on this short <laughs> segment. So, uh, reach us at DuoSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that is DuoSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, DuoSensep. That is, again, DuoSensep on Twitter. And so, yeah, reach us through those media social media outlets and we will read your comments and suggestions probably next time we record um so yeah thank you guys uh that's it for us tonight and we'll hear we'll see you or talk to you next time bye guys